Hi, I'm Lauren Klaschneider with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with John Rubenstein, star of Eisenhower, This Piece of Ground at the Theater at St. Clemens. Hello. Hello. Hmm, thank you for being here as we talk about this fictional eavesdropping on President Eisenhower in 1962. The New York Times Magazine has published its first list ranking of the American presidents in order of greatness. This play draws from memoirs, speeches, and letters from Eisenhower. And this question may have been asked before, but I got to know, what attracted you to the material and what made you want to do this play right now? Well, you know, uh, that question always sort of implies that I have a plethora of choices in front of me. I'm being offered 20 to 30, you know, wonderful projects. And I pick one because I'm attracted to it. I love that idea. That's a, that's a sort of a dream, a dream existence for an actor. And I, there are some actors who live that dream. I'm not one of them. I'm one of those, you know, sort of journeyman workaday guys. And uh, I mostly take uh, the next job that comes up because I'm terribly happy and lucky to get that next job. Mm-hmm. So um, I had been looking for a one-man play. That is true. Um, for a bunch of years, for like, I don't know, 25 years, I've been thinking, gosh, I have actor friends who have a show that they do, and it's just them. And not because that's good for your ego, but it's cheap and easy to travel. That's Mm -hmm. why. And you can take it to universities. You can take it to, you know, smaller town theaters. You can take it to big town theaters and have a one night or a one week engagement. And you can sort of make a living doing that. And it's great fun. And you reach audiences around the country, which I've always loved to do. Um, But I couldn't find anything, any character to play, or I'm not a writer, so I couldn't write myself a piece. I always figured since I'm a musician, I would end up playing the piano and singing and being Cole Porter Hmm. or somebody like that, or sing different Broadway songs if I could just find some kind of way to weave them together to make a cogent evening. I would never, ever consider doing an evening of like me and songs that I've sung because... I uh, there are very few people that can get away with that. Uh, Elaine Stritch being one mm-hmm. of them, but mm-hmm. not me. So I finally gave up. I couldn't find something. I thought of maybe even doing literary characters like Herman Melville or this. Uh, uh, different things came in and out of my mind. And I even found a wonderful guy who was a playwright. And I asked him to help me. And he did for about a week and then said, forget about it. <laughs> so. Suddenly, out of the blue, I get in my email from Peter Ellenstein, a director uh, whom I'd never worked with as a director, but he ran the William Inge Festival in Kansas, where I had uh, appeared one one year, a bunch of years ago, back in the 90s, I think. And uh, Richard Hellison, who was a playwright in Sacramento that I did not know, but these two had worked together a lot. Peter had directed a lot of Richard's plays and musicals, never in New York, but around the country. And they sent me an email with this 40-page, single-spaced monologue of Eisenhower, one-man play. 
I read it. And although I admired it and I saw, wow, there's a lot of information here and it's really deftly written. I still thought, my goodness, you know, two hours of one person pretending to be Eisenhower standing on the stage and talking. A, who's going to ever go see it? B, what a bore. But I still was intrigued by it because it was so well-written and it interested me. It didn't bore me, but I'm just thinking ahead to audiences. And I'm not a very good reader of scripts. I read a script, I see what it is, I get the story, I understand, blah, blah, blah. But I can't always tell how it's going to sound, how it's going to land to an audience. I, And similarly, the director and writer, Peter and Richard, said, would you please come and read it aloud to us in a room, just the three of us? I said, sure, be glad to. I didn't do a lot of research. I listened to a few tapes of Eisenhower. I had lived through his eight years as president as a young boy and a young teenager. I was 15 when he uh, left office. So I remembered him very well. I even met him when I was nine or 10. And um, I got sort of his sound. Uh, and so I, I went to them in Los Angeles and I read the play out loud from beginning to end without interruption. And by the time I finished, the three of us looked at each other and sort of almost simultaneously said, we've got to do this play. Mm. So that's how I was attracted to it. Incredible. Incredible. You've alluded to Peter and Richard having a long history of working together. Yeah. In the process, what was it like for you as, let's say, the newcomer? It couldn't have been nicer. I mean, you know, uh, they were asking me to join them on their project that they had both already worked on for quite some time. It had been... Um, Peter's idea, working in Kansas for a bunch of years, he had uh, come upon the idea of a play about Eisenhower. He'd read quotations and speeches of Ike, and he was um, moved and surprised at his eloquence and his foresightedness and all kinds of stuff and said, gee, maybe there's a play there. And he called up Richard in Sacramento and said, hey, what about a play about Eisenhower? And then Richard started uh, uh, researching and working and saying, I think this will work as a one-man play with Eisenhower speaking rather than as some play about him with whatever other characters in his life, in his work, that then that would isolate it in that period of time and we would have to just sort of deal with whatever we were dealing with on that day. This way... It's Eisenhower himself speaking. It'll still take place in a day, mm -hmm. but he can talk about his entire life. And so that's, they welcomed me as now their sort of their third partner. Mm -hmm. I'm, I wasn't going to do a lot of writing or directing, but I was going to start inhabiting the the character that they had written. And uh, we just worked very, very well together and continue to to this day. 
how did you prepare for the role? Were you watching documentary footage or listening to his speeches? I did all of the above. I, I, I read the book that Susan Eisenhower, his granddaughter, wrote called How Ike Led. Mm-hmm. Not a great title if you ask me, but you mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a great book because she, as a young girl, lived on the same property in Gettysburg where he lived, lived a, a, after his presidency and before his presidency, but that's where he retired. Um, and so she got to know him as grandpa mm-hmm. and, and knew him very well. And since then has become a, you know, very sort of noted historian and, and person who writes about these things. And so I read that book and I listened to a lot of um, of his speeches and looked at his tapes, and um, that was pretty much it. I didn't, you know, delve into a whole lot of stuff, uh, because you know why the play <laughs> is written so well. Yeah, that you don't need to do a lot of research. The character is right there, and the moment I come on stage, I know what I'm uh, what I'm supposed to do. Right. As you were preparing, were there any surprises? Well. I mean, there were surprises in that, although I love history. And as I said, I, I lived through Eisenhower's presidency. I'm not a, a, I didn't know almost any of what we're talking about. I certainly remember the McCarthy business going on, but that was because I was a little boy and it was interrupting my cartoon shows that I wanted to watch on television. And they kept getting preempted because of these McCarthy hearings. So that's all I knew about McCarthy, really. I mean, obviously, I've learned stuff in between. But there there were many, 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 many things that I, as Ike, talk about in this play that I didn't know. I certainly didn't know the details. And I certainly didn't know how they took place from Ike's point of view, what was going on in his heart and mind when those relatively or not so famous events were taking place. So th- there were a lot of surprises there and and just wonderful knowledge that I now feel fortunate to have. Mm. And we're fortunate that you're sharing it. So well. <laughs> while, while you're in New York, I've read that you like to bike to the theater. That is correct. Does that help you with the task at hand? And how did, how does that help prepare you? Does it? I don't think it has anything to do with it. I'm, I love bicycling. When I was a little boy, I lived a lot with my parents in Paris, France, and here in New York. And I bicycled everywhere. In, in France, a bicycle was sort of like part of your body. You weren't considered an oddball if you were on your bike. You were just another vehicle in the street. So from, I don't know, a very young age, 10, 11 I was alone on my bicycle in Paris and in the suburbs. I would bike out to Versailles and around. I biked all through Normandy. Uh, I played in the German bunkers that mm. looked over the beaches that, that uh, Eisenhower sent all those troops to conquer. So I, I, I'm just a bicyclist. And then uh, when I started working on Broadway 50 some years ago, um, just the quickest way to get to work and know that I would make it on time was on a bicycle. Because if you went into the subway, you never knew if the train was running. If you took a cab, you never knew about the traffic. 
Um, I couldn't afford, of course, to have a car. So uh hopped on that bike and I knew 12 minutes, maybe 14, if I went slowly, I would be at the theater. So that's the only way I get around this town. Well, what a unique perspective of growing up and seeing so many of the places that Eisenhower saw, worked in, fought in. And yes, indeed. Bring that to it. As a collaborative artist with the vision of a one-man show before this ever even came to fruition, how did you feel and how do you feel now about being alone on that stage? Well, you know, um, when you're an actor, you you sort of you take the script and whatever it asks you to do, you do. And my job here is to walk out there, start talking, and not shut up for two hours. Um, there is an intermission, though, so don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just do that. That that's the only thing I can do. There's not a lot of choice in there. But the actual experience, um, one of the one of the great things. There are many bad things about being an actor in terms of insecurity and you never know if you'll ever get another job and you can't always pay the rent and most actors also have to sell real estate or drive ubers or be nannies or you know mm-hmm. work as as a waiter um so those are the negatives but the main positive that i can take from really so many many decades of working as an actor is the camaraderie and the teamwork you get together whether it's on a one episode of a television show or if it's on a big movie that takes three four five months to shoot or if it's a theater show that runs for a few weeks or is a big hit and runs for a couple of years you make a new family you walk into the first day of shooting or the first day of rehearsal hello hello my name is john how are you and you bond with all these people because suddenly you're working together you're doing songs and dances and choreography or you're enacting terrible marriage breakups you know and you're looking at somebody into their eyes on stage and saying how could you do this to me and you sort of become you you love these people and they hopefully love you back and you become this wonderful team of people depending on each other to go out there when that curtain goes up or when that camera starts rolling and do the thing. And to do this show for the very first time, I show up to the theater. There's the two genius stage managers who make the whole thing happen. And I adore them, but I'm all alone. There's nobody in the dressing room with me. There's nobody to joke with. Nobody to say, hey, you know that bit in the third act where we do this? Could you throw me that ball a little higher up so I can jump? Nothing, nothing to talk about. It's just me. And it's lonely. And Mm -hmm. I don't have that feeling of, yay, we're going to roll up our sleeves and do our show. Come on, gang. It's just me clumping up the stairs to the stage. And Mm -hmm. then I clump out on stage and I start working. I do love it, but it's I do miss that very, very much. Hmm. Well, if you have another one person show in you and it's a musical, I will be the first to sign up. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very, very nice. of John, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time and sharing everything that you can with us about this Eisenhower piece of ground. Yeah, I really want people to come and see it, mostly because of these 
weird historical slash political times that we're living in. This is an important play. That's not a word I use in in conjunction with stuff that I do generally. But I I felt that about Ragtime, the, yes. the great musical. When I was in that for over two years, I thought this is an important piece of theater work. And I feel that about this play. These are things that people need to hear, not just to learn about Dwight D. Eisenhower, but to see the possibilities of what a politician can be when the choices before us these days seem so often to be so not only limited, but so horrendous. And I think this can give people encouragement, information, and hope, and be a moving experience in the theater as well. Yes. And um, not just those who experienced Ike the way you did, but younger generations and even younger generations, such a vital opportunity for them, particularly now. I really agree with you. I do that. We have young people who come in and maybe they were dragged there by their parents or something, but I meet them afterwards and their eyes are big and they're saying, wow, I want to read more about him. I want to write letters to my congressman. I want to learn more and be more active. And that's the great, great, gift of this show. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing it to life for everyone. Thank you very much. I'm here with John Rubenstein, star of Eisenhower, this piece of ground at the theater at St. Clemens. Thank you. Thank you.